Just 90 seconds later, another call came in with two more cyclists saying they too were fired upon. According to the reports, the shooter was allegedly leaned over the top roll bar and was using the paintball gun like a turret. (laughs) (laughs) You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network Podcast. Are you ready? It's the Jeep Talk Show with Wendy. There will be body damage. Jeep Mama. Are you sure? Josh. Yeah, I don't think so. And Tony. I think that's a huge deal. So sit back, strap in, and brace yourself. All right, so you've told somebody about the Jeep Talk Show, and they ask, how do I listen to it? Wendy, how would you answer that? Well, I would tell them to download the app and look us up, the Jeep Talk Show. Wrong! What? I'm sorry. That is the incorrect answer. Actually, actually, it's not a bad answer. <laughs> but you can say anywhere fine podcasts are found. Well, that's true. <laughs> that is true. You I could think. also tell them to go to YouTube and search for Jeep Talk Show. I mean, everybody and their mama, literally knows how to use YouTube. It's not yep. our preferred way for you to, to listen to the show, but for newbies, what a great way. Just tell them to go to YouTube and do a search for the, the Jeep Talk Show. So how do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show? Contact us and let us know how you listen to the Jeep Talk Show. We'd really like to know. You know, it doesn't matter if you have a Jeep, want a Jeep, or never do anything but Jeeps, this show is for you. Josh, Tammy, Wendy, and myself are here to inform and entertain you while we talk about badgering people to listen to the Jeep Talk Show. And also Jeeps. (laughs) (laughs) And even even pounding the Jeep Talk Show is fine. That's right, pounding, yes. Can't forget that. Welcome That's to the show, up. Keeper. I'm Josh, and on this episode of the Jeep Talk Show, I've got a little something for all the lady Jeepers out there, and we're going to find out what paintball guns, Jeeps, and spandex all have in common. They <laughs> get a little ugly, I'm sorry. And later, we'll be doing a little bit of a spare tire talk around the campfire, so stick around. It won't be the wow. first time I've said, uh, can you get that stain out of the spandex? <laughs> well, howdy, it's Wendy. <laughs> And on this episode of Newbie Nuggets, we had alien jeepers. Oh, my. Oh, that now we're talking. Hi, I'm Tammy, a.k.a. Jeep Mama, coming up on the next episode of Jeep Life. Tips for your passenger to make off-roading a little more comfortable. (laughs) Teach them where to grab. You know, I'm Tony, and tonight on our Gladiator segment, I'm going to talk about overhead storage option for not only the Gladiator, but all Wranglers. Yes, you Ooh. heard correctly. That even includes you YJ people. Can't wait. Local Jeep news, national Jeep news, and news from around the world. It's This Week in Jeep. And it's the beginning of March as we record this episode. And March is International Women's Month, in case you didn't know. I'll admit I sure didn't. But in a timely press release, it was announced today that Jeep has joined forces with R. Riveter, the small platoon of military wives channeling the spirit of Rosie the Riveter, through the design and production of custom handbags. The World War II icon of, of Rosie the Riveter and the women she represents played an important part in Jeep becoming the most recognizable military vehicle used in history. Our Riveter, now an official licensee and partner of Jeep, chose a vintage color palette right out of the World War II era and the original 1940s Jeep Wildies logo for the badging of its special edition Jeep collection. 
The company has made two styles of handbags, a larger purse retailing for $2.98, and a smaller pouch, you girls may call it a clutch, retailing for $68. And as we record this, your anniversary is probably still coming up, as is Mother's Day and a, well, a whole new holiday season. So now may be the time to get the gift of the year for the girl jeeper in your life. If you want to check them out or strategically place the link in your browser history, then we'll have it in the show notes for this episode at jeeptalkshow.com. I, I was just checking out the uh, actual purses to see what they look like, and they're pretty nice. No, I was going to say, not bad, right? Uh, it's yeah, not, not as, bad uh, at all. I love not it. Not as girly, not as foo-foo-y, no. not as frilly as, as you would expect. Uh, no. uh, certainly not what I would consider, you know, um, uh, uh, runway designer type. Uh, per- this is, actually looks very functional, very, very Jeeper-esque, if you will. Yes, absolutely. I love it. So I have to admit, I did know it was International Women's Month because I've seen several posts on the social media of uh, uh, the wheels on vehicles being scraped. And uh, they were talking about, uh, you know, happy <laughs> Women's International <What>? Day. <laughs> Wait a minute. Hold on a minute here. <laughs> uh, the, 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 there's a, an insinuation in there. So he's in, insinuating something. Yeah. That, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let me just tell you from there. experience as a spotter on the trails, folks, it's not all the women making those damn scrapes <laughs> so, on the tires. Well, that's what makes it funny. But the thing was, <laughs> I saw this uh, Tic Tac where this woman was just incensed but somebody would post something like that so insensitive oh, and against women break. and she walked out and checked her her wheels and there were scrape marks all over it <laughs> <laughs> well, she, well she probably deserves it and oh, oh she was a, i love it <laughs> yeah she was a, a great trooper for going out there and making fun of herself so it was it was very funny <laughs> well you know what josh i'm gonna join you i had no idea it was international women's month so there you go <laughs> neither did i but it's also my birthday month so i'm a little self-centered i suppose huh? Oh, yeah. Who cares about that? It's your birthday. That's the it's most your important birthday. thing to you. Month. Everybody has a birthday. I got a month. The whole month. <laughs> a he, birth yeah, month. He did. <laughs> that was a long bit of labor. You need to uh, make sure you buy your, your mom several presents. <laughs> well, last year, you could probably buy an anemic 2.4 liter four banger Jeep Cherokee. And if you did, well, you're probably ready to eat a bullet by now. It's time for an upgrade, and Jeep agrees, actually. For the 2022 model year, the the bottom-of-the-line Jeep is now over $35,000 and comes with a decent amount of goodies. Gone is the weak sauce four-cylinder. You only get a choice of the 3.2-liter V6 now. And if you like the look of the Trailhawk but don't want to fork out the cash for all the off-road capability, well, then you're in luck. The X trim, it gets you what you're looking for. A different front end is noticeable along with the X badge on the sides and the Trailhawk-inspired hood graphics. You also get a retro four-wheel drive text on the rear, just like the old Willys, and while also benefiting from a one-inch suspension lift and all-terrain tires. With 271 horsepower and all-wheel drive, this Jeep can still go places, but it's not going to be as capable as the Trailhawk model with the more sophisticated Active Drive 2 system with the transfer case. So what's with the X? What what is it? <laughs> I'm sorry. So what does uh, you it know, mean? Jeep, Jeep has done the X model before. They did this in the TJ Wrangler. Oh, okay. It was an, it was an X uh, <laughs> line or um, edition, if you will. And I don't know exactly if it's if it's uh, you know the, the same from from then to this. Um, but it basically gives you a little bit of the off-roading prowess, but without going full-fledged off-roader. 
So you get the, uh, it, this would be for the mall crawlers, if you will. You want the all-wheel drive so you get the capability in wet weather and inclement weather and if in case it snows, yeah. things like that. Um, if you want to go camping, you could probably still go down a logging road, just no problem at all. Uh, you got a little bit extra clearance with the one-inch suspension lift. You got some all-terrain tires, so you look a little bit more rugged, but you're not going to have four-wheel drive. You're not going to have low range. You're not going to have any of the skid plates. You're not going to have tow hooks, recovery points, rock rails, you know, any of that sort of stuff. You're not going to have the Trailhawk package, but you get a taste of the Trailhawk look and at least some of the capability with some off-road tires and all-wheel drive. I don't hmm. think I've heard of the uh, 3.2 liter before. Is that something new for this vehicle or has it been around? No, it's been a, that engine's been around. It just has always been an option or only available in the upper trim levels for this vehicle. Now they've gotten rid of the 2.4 liter altogether for this vehicle. You can't even, I mean, I suppose you could get it in a special order. I don't know why you would, uh, but now the V6 is standard. Yeah, it's probably a good decision. They're probably getting enough uh, MPGs out of it not to uh, have to worry about the 2.4. I know that the uh, the four cylinder that came in the the Cherokees and the TJs wasn't uh, wasn't a great motor. At least that's how I've heard it. No, I've I've heard what was that it, a two point five. Well, was that a two point five that was uh, the was four it cylinder? Two point five or two point four? I think it was a two point four liter. Oh, Maybe okay. it was two point five. Now you now you got me second guessing. Actually, <laughs> well, I got it. I've well, done I my job. That <laughs> Boy, that's a, that was a long time ago. That engine was around. Yeah. Well, this didn't happen all that long ago, but uh, I'm still laughing about it, honestly. It's not cool, but still kind of funny. Just this last Saturday in Hunting Valley, Ohio, various groups of cyclists were training for an upcoming race and could be found pedaling along the roadsides of the local area. Donned in bright-colored logo-strewn spandex and lycra onesies, fiercely pumping their multi-thousand-dollar ultralight bicycles up and down the shoulders of certain roads in the area. It's not hard to it's hard not to single these individuals out they may often come into traffic they're distracting with all the colors and logos and honestly nobody needs to see that much moose knuckle and fan, fanny pack okay <laughs> oh, so it's no surprise really that the local police responded to complaints from said cyclist who reported a gray jeep wrangler with its top off and the occupants shooting paintballs at them oh, God. the, the <laughs> first call came in <laughs> the first call came in just after 3 p.m., starting with three victims who were not injured, of course. Just 90 seconds later, another call came in with two more cyclists saying they, too, were fired upon. According to the reports, the shooter was allegedly leaned over the top roll bar and was using the paintball gun like a turret. <laughs> Around 4 p.m., police witnessed a vehicle matching the description in a nearby grocery store parking lot where multiple individuals were putting the top back up. Charges were not pressed, but one other person had called in to report the shooting and insisted that an officer respond to collect evidence as he had possession of one of the paintballs that didn't rupture on impact. At the time of this recording, no arrests have been made. That's why you so, should always load your paint gun uh, with the paintballs from your mouth. No fingerprints. <laughs> yeah. So wait, and, right. and wait, I just want to know if that last cyclist's name was Karen. Just curious. Uh, right. Insisting on the... Uh, uh, yeah, on the well, I have it. I have it. Well, you got to find the people. Uh, yeah, he put his balls on me. So uh, the, we, I mean, we're laughing about this, but the, the paintballs can actually damage they your hurt. eye. You can, oh, it, yeah, it leaves welts. Oh. Oh, yeah. No, I mean... I, That's I, why I, you have to wear eye protection when you're doing paintballing. If you get one in the eye, it could rupture your eye at 300 feet yeah. per second. But no, the other thing is with those... Doubt. Yeah. Yeah. With I those know, paint, I know. Taking away all the fun. 
<laughs> well, with the paintballs and the spandex being worn by the cyclists, I doubt they would have even seen the color changes, right? Because the spandex is bright colored, so paintballs are they, bright colored. They would have seen the bright colored bruises the next morning. Oh, that's yeah. Well, that's true. It leaves, yes, a, it leaves sure. a welt in a nice red area. But, uh, but honestly, Josh, it's hunting say, back, Valley, back. Ohio. Hello? Yeah. <laughs> Not peddling I, oh. in that area. It's a hunting yeah, area. right. <laughs> you know, I, back in the day, I played a, a fair amount of paintball. These first-generation paintball guns, not at all the level of technology that they are today. Just but today. they did have a very easy ability to ramp up the feet per second rating of how much <laughs> air was being shoved out that out that valve. And uh, and ordinarily, you know, you you could have a, a paintball gun in, in you know the a hundred you know two hundred uh, feet per second range. Uh, but we were up in the three hundred plus range and yeah. leaving very nasty welts and stuff on each other. Now, of course, back then there was hardly any safety gear at all. Our safety oh, gear was, uh, uh, was a sweatshirt and a pair of uh, you know goggles that you get out of <laughs> the local hardware store. And and so you got a couple of teenage kids running through the woods in full camis, uh, full camo. I mean, and uh, uh, and paintball guns and stuff. Nowadays. You know, you'd get SWAT called on you for this kind of stuff. Yeah, uh, no kidding. But uh, but we were out there and doing this sort of stuff. And uh, it, yes, I I had those guns still in my 20s. And uh, unfortunately, they got confiscated by the boys in blue because I did something kind of similar to this. Uh, <laughs> and uh, and had an APB put out on me one time. That's a story for around the campfire one night. I'll uh -huh. have to share with another you another time. time. So, so I'll just mention uh, as a safety uh, safety message for all you people out there with uh, paint guns and you uh, come upon SWAT. They would, will not raise their hand and say, I'm out, if you shoot them with a the paintball gun. Yeah. <laughs> They'll <laughs> raise their not, hand, all right. It's it going to have a rifle it in it. It does not work that way with them. No. no. <laughs> or airsoft, for that matter. Uh -uh. No. <laughs> but they'll oh, laugh but about it. They'll laugh about it at your funeral. You know, so it's, uh, it's our yeah. Sure. No, we want to hear from you as well. If you got a, a story to share with us or a, a headline that we haven't reported on, by all means, let us know. Give us a call or shoot us an email. Just head over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact to find out how to reach out to the show. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network podcast. Another 4x4 Radio Network has been around for many, many years now, and it is pretty much the only spot that you can get a whole bunch of off-road podcasts all in one place. And all you got to do is head there. It's the number four, it's the letter X, the number four, and radionetwork.com. That's 4x4radionetwork.com. We'll see you there. Oh, and stay tuned. We'll be uh, having an interview with uh, Cody at trailchasers.net coming up in the near future. Hello, you rat bastards. Well, Talking to you, Josh. You talked me into upgrading my Jeep. This is Randy with the TJ in Florida. Got some tires, a lift, front locker. I went to a Jeeping with Judd. Um, kind of a roundup thing here in Florida. It was the greatest time. My wife drove. We had a great time. Then we decided to go wheeling in the mud and... Now the problems start. Now I got to upgrade. Broken axle. Oh, no. Had to call for help. So, but the wife's up for uh, new front bumpers and a wink. So not all bad. I saw anyway, the picture of this. JTS crew, you're costing me a lot of freaking money. But I love you. Bye. Oh, oh, good times. But having good fun and having fun with the family. No, I saw I saw Randy post a picture of, of this epically stuck Jeep in uh, in the Discord server that we have set up for the Jeep Talk Show, and uh, uh, 
man, he had a little bit of carnage, but that thing was buried up to the frame rails, it looked like. Was so that he got today? himself good and stuck. I think that was posted today. I yeah. saw that, yeah, and I saw the uh, the broken axle. The I, did not, I did not know that well. was his. So yeah, uh, until you, just now, I put it all together. If you guys don't know what we're talking about, we say the Discord server. We have a the Jeep Talk Show has a Discord server, which is like a twenty-four by seven uh, group chat that you can be a part of. Uh, the Zoom people say it's just like the Zoom room, except it's it's just uh, texting back and forth, and it's a lot of fun. Uh, if you'd like to uh, have an invite, just go to jeeptalkshow.com/contact, scroll down there, and you will see the Discord invite for the Jeep Talk Show server. What? Where's the noob? Noob! 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 Hey, newbie! Noobie! Noob Nugget. It's time for Newbie Nuggets. Well, I know Tony was very excited when he heard I was talking about aliens on today's segment. Yes. Well, sorry, Tony. It's not real aliens. It's other no. Jeeps that are alien to me. Well, you know what happens. Those, well, are, we get- those are Toyotas, uh, Wendy. Yeah. Well, I wasn't <laughs> going to go there on this episode, but that's, that's for another segment. Trust me. So, Well, we kind of get used to wheeling in our Jeep, four-door JKU. So when other Jeeps show up, it can be foreign sometimes. And what I mean is how we get other Jeepers through obstacles and over tough things that are different, a different wheelbase or width or driving ability. I know how my Jeep performs and how to drive it. So I'm very familiar with our model of Jeep. On a recent club run a few weeks back, we had nine Jeeps join us on a run in Cougar Buttes, which, by the way, is the far west end of the King of the Hammers race. The obstacles we traversed were not the gnarly ones you hear about at KOH, but they are Black Diamond and difficult to say the least. Now, our alien Jeepers had all types of Jeeps. We had several two-door TJs, one extended LJ, and two JKs on 35s with two-and-a-half-inch lift kits. And we had a newer JL diesel on 35s, the two and a half inch lift, and an older TJ that needed some love that was trailered in for the run. It was definitely a mix of experienced and brand newbies with all kinds of different rigs. Now, Josh, I know you're familiar with runs with lots of different Jeeps, so you know how you have to adapt your spotting for each type of Jeep. I was spotting everyone through the entire difficult obstacles, so I had to adjust as each different Jeep approached. I know how to spot and how to gauge and judge what needs to happen. But if you're new to spotting or new to driving, it is something you have to take stock of before you get a Jeep on an obstacle and then can't get them through. Now, we had to make some decisions that a few Jeepers wouldn't be able to successfully tackle an obstacle and stay damage-free. There were a few obstacles that the two doors could not make. One obstacle in particular has a sheer wall that's about five feet tall, and they just aren't long enough to get their front tires up enough to grab and climb up even with lockers now mike zen who's a member of the zoom people really tried but it proved just too much of a risk so they had to use the bypass there was another obstacle where one four-door driver decided not to attempt it hey there's no harm and no foul it's always the driver's choice because they know their own abilities or limitations and they know their own vehicle but what if you're a newbie and in a group like this do you try it because they're all doing it Or do you sit back and watch, or do you pass and go around, if that's even possible? There is something each driver has to decide, but I do believe it's also the spotter's job and or run leaders to help decide if a driver and or Jeep is set up enough to handle the obstacle. Now, we always list what's required for a run based on the difficulty, but some drivers want to come and try it anyway. Now, there is no shame in running with the group and not doing every obstacle. 
As a newbie, you can get out and watch, learn, and listen to what and how the spotter is getting each different type of Jeep through. Part of learning as a new driver is to watch the same type of Jeep you have to see how others get through that obstacle. As a spotter, you also have to be flexible to know that each Jeep is different in how it needs to be guided through an obstacle. No two Jeeps are the same. I've learned that with Don Alexander's Jeep and ours as an example. Very similar setups, but they handle and drive completely different due to his 40-inch tires on Curry 60 axles. Don't be surprised when wheeling to find all kinds of differences in everyone's Jeep. Now, this was a great run with lots of challenging obstacles, bypasses, and very bizarre weather. We were in the high desert at about 3,000 feet, which is normally very dry and warm, but the temp stayed around 40 degrees that day with wind, and around midday, we had snowflakes. Yep, snowflakes in the desert. Now, we knew that Big Bear was definitely getting snow at this point. Now, at the end of the run, we said our goodbyes, met some great new Jeepers whom we hoped to see down the trail and headed back up to Big Bear. It was getting dark at this point as the clouds had consumed the mountain range as we headed up. The drive was spectacular. Now, imagine if you will, you're a Starfleet commander and tasked with moving your ship into hyperspace. <laughs> yep, that's exactly what it looked like. Huge snowflakes hurling at us as if we were in dark outer space jumping to the next nebula or galaxy. So yes, we had alien jeeps and a hyperspace experience driving home and a fantastic run. I just love wheeling with all sorts of jeepers and this run didn't disappoint. So guys, have you had alien jeepers? And I mean so many different types of jeeps on one run. I, I definitely have uh, where you got a, a mixed bag. I, when you were kind of talking about this and, and you know, different, uh, different skill levels, different vehicle levels, it reminded me of the Rubicon run that I went to a, a number of years back. And, uh, and every vehicle was on 35s or better except for one. And it was the one solo XJ that was with us, and he was on 31s. Now, oh granted, he was, he was locked up have... front and rear and had a bunch of armor um, and did opt to do the bypass on a lot of it, but made it through the entire week um, wow. uh, all, the way, all the way through uh, from one end to the other uh, without having to turn around. And, and I don't recall any carnage on his vehicle. I think, his, I think he had an Eaton front e-locker. Uh, that started having intermittent issues uh, by the end of the run. And so his, he was going uh, open in the front most of the time by the end. Uh, but other than that, I mean, it, it, so this is one of those deals where, I mean, even on a, on a, on a world-class trail system like the Rubicon, there are still options to get your Jeep out there. If a XJ on 31s can get out there and have a blast all week long, you sure the hell can. And make it. Yeah. And, and not yeah, have to have courage to work on. That's amazing. Well, it, so, Tony, that's that's the big thing, though. It's knowing your limitations. Absolutely. And, yes. and obviously not you know not letting the bravado get in the way. Not Correct. letting you know, peer pressure and stuff get in the way. Yes, it would be awesome to get your vehicle through that. But chances are you're going to put yourself in harm's way. You're going to incur some carnage of one kind or another. And you're not going to have that Jeep in as good a condition for the next leg of the run. And so these are the kind of things you got to think of. And that driver did. I, I'm just brain farting on his name right now. I'm, I'm sure he's pissed off. I haven't seen him in years. So it's not <laughs> like he's a good friend of mine or anything like that. But nonetheless, um, he, this guy knew what his vehicle limitations were. And in, in areas where you know we were going up and going through stuff and everything, he chose to go a different route, take the easy way around, take the bypass, whatever it was. And mm -hmm. and got a lot of good pictures for us, and had had you know did some good spotting. Uh, was a part of the run every 
section of the way, even though his vehicle wasn't necessarily in the run itself or in, in that obstacle itself. So, yeah, what you're saying is there's no shame in the game if, if, if you nope. decide to, um, to do a bypass or something like that. You're still out there. You still made it to the run. You're still out there wheeling and everything, and that's what matters in the end. You're getting the experience. You're getting that seat time, and more importantly, you're getting some perspective of seeing how other vehicles are doing it and, and le learning how to how vehicles are taking lines and stuff like that, uh, it, trust me, it's all very, very valuable. So get out there and do it. Well, Josh, at the, the last, uh, or the, at first even, uh, Jeep Talk Show Texas event, we had a mixed bag of uh, YJs, TJs. Uh, yes, you did. Uh, gladiators. Uh, there was a, a JK or a couple of JKs out there. And uh, I think Jimmy, uh, Jimmy's was a JK, and uh, he was on 40s. So some some yeah. well very well modified uh, just a complete mix of of Jeep. So so yeah, I mean that's just what you got to do. Sometimes uh, you can't uh, just invite all red Jeeps, although it'd be a great idea. <laughs> yeah, and I think too what I what I wanted to focus too was when you are spotting or you're running, you're actually being the trail leader. It is sort of our responsibility to, to assess who you have in your group. And there were three different rigs that we had never met before. So trying to get that assessment fairly quickly, understanding what their comfort level was, what they wanted to do, but having everybody come out to every single obstacle, luckily in Cougar Buttes, you almost need to do that. Um, you, you don't just sort of wheel and, you know, see what you're going to get. You want to take a look at it before it happens. Well, but Wendy, that, that, that kind of goes into one of the things that I've talked about here on, on the show. I think you have it as well. Um, and that's your driver meeting. You know, as yes. you're setting up a run and everybody's meeting up and they're airing down and, and, you know, strapping down gear and putting the snacks away, you know, all that kind of stuff. You're having a driver's meeting. Okay, yep. which trails are we going to hit? Who's going to lead? Who's tail gunner? What channel are we going to be on? You know, all that kind of stuff. And during this conversation, during this driver meeting, you know, you're, you know, as a trail leader, you're gauging and you're even asking the questions as to, okay, who's new here? Who right. has a wheel? Who's never been out, you know, off road? Who, who doesn't have lockers? Who doesn't have a radio? Who doesn't have a winch? And these are all qualifying questions. So if you can actually set up how you're going to stage people in, you know, okay, you're going to go in front of him. You're going to be behind that person exactly. you know, because you want certain vehicles in at certain points in the lineup so that if something were to happen, you've got a vehicle that has recovery points in a certain area or a vehicle with a winch that can get to another vehicle, things like that. It's all, you know, like a game of chess almost. Uh, mm -hmm. But in a lot of the stuff, we'll come a lot more natural with time and experience but it's having that driver's meeting and being able to sort of have everybody discuss very openly and very friendly you know what their comfort level is and what their vehicle level is and all that sort of stuff and it also gives everybody a sort of a moment of self-reflection to be like hey that's right i guess i'm the only one here who doesn't have lockers okay right. so i did probably you know Take it a little bit easier because I'm not going to be as capable as these guys. I'm going to be getting in myself into harm's way a lot more. And, and just because are. you're following somebody doesn't mean you're going to be able to, get to do the same thing without no, the locker. That's true. So that's it's, exactly. it's, it's very good to it's know. So true. Yeah. In fact, we had um, one of the people that showed up that was relatively newer driver has had some experience. We actually moved her back in the line about fourth position for the sole reason that she would have time to park, come watch the few people in front and make the decision if she wanted to go through it or not. Good so call. you do you do have to make those sort of calls. And if you're a newbie in a group running and you have a leader who's saying, hey, we're going to move you to this spot, it doesn't mean that we don't like you. It means that we're giving you an opportunity to have more time to actually, you know, take a look and see what's going on there. So, and just a side note, it was really interesting to spot that diesel. 
because oh. it makes a completely different sound in the engine yeah. <laughs> and you're you know there was a couple of uh, obstacles where we're sort of down i'm downhill and you're thinking is he revving the engine or you know it was just a different it took me a few moments to kind of get used to that diesel sound but he did really well by the way he's he was excellent that jeep did a fabulous job so i'm all for that so well I would love to hear your suggestions for any kind of topics for newbie nuggets. I'll do the research, kind of put in my own two cents and kind of go from there. So give us a call at the Jeep Talk Show um, website and let us know what ideas you might have. And if you need some other tips and ideas, check out our YouTube channel. I don't know if you guys picked up on that or not. You don't have to write the segment. All you do have to do is come up with the idea. And, that's right. And Wendy's going to write the segment. So, yep. I mean, that's a sweet deal. Just uh, yep. contact us at jeeptalkshow.com uh, slash contact. Look through there. Email, voicemail. There's all kinds of different ways right there that will tell you how you can contact us. Jeep Talk Show. This is Chuck from Italy. And uh, I was listening to the Bonjour. show, this last one. I don't know what number it is. And you guys were talking about with the lock first, front or back. And uh, I paused it and wanted to call in. Uh, old school way of doing it from from people that I've talked to. I'm, I'm a newbie. I, I don't know too much about it. Uh, would be to lock the front, and that is because uh, it is easier to pull than it is to push. And then when you get money, I guess you lock the back. I, I don't know. I haven't gotten there yet. But uh, John seems like an amazing guy. Uh, I strongly recommend letting him talk more on the on the show. <laughs> Anyhow, Chuck again from Italy and. Uh, you guys are uh, you guys are wonderful over here on this side of the world. Thanks, guys. This is so easy. It's Mario from Italy. Uh-huh, yeah, <laughs> it's right. Mario. Chuck, Chuck doesn't quite fit in our Italy, but hey, thanks for calling in, Chuck from Italy. <laughs> uh, uh, great advice. John yeah. needs to talk more. Uh, Just, maybe not such great advice. <laughs> hey, for that. Gladiator. My name is Gladiator. Gladiators. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Is this not why you are here? Gladiator. So last Saturday, March 5th, I took the 2021 Jeep Talk Show Gladiator on an hour drive to Conroe, Texas to attend the fourth, I think it was the fourth, fourth one to, I think it is the fourth, Lone Star Jeep Invasion there in Conroe, Texas, amazingly enough. And uh, I met up with uh, Pete and Stacy of the Gear Spot. Uh, they graciously invited me and the uh, JTS Gladiator to park in their vendor spot and adorn the Gear Spot storage system. You may remember me talking about this in recent past episodes. Uh, normally I wouldn't be, but I was very excited about this product after interviewing Pete that we're going to have in an upcoming uh, Jeep Talk Show episode. And that excitement only grew when I was able to see it firsthand. Pete literally showed me how to install it in the Gladiator. I didn't do a damn thing. I just sat there, I mean, stood there and, and talked to him and watched. And I did a little video of it as well that I want to see if I can. Uh, it was a bit dark uh, in there, so I'm, I'm hoping that video comes out. But uh, it was. It went in probably in 10 minutes. Uh, it is not a permanent installation. It just uh, uh, connects to the, uh, uh, the roll bar and the speakers uh, up front. And... Well, the best way for me to describe it is to tell you to go to thegearspot.com and see it for yourself. This is an above-head storage system 
that ties into the factory roll bar and speaker bar. It fits TJ, LJ, JK, YJ, JKU, JLU, and JT. So if it's a gladiator or a wrangler, you can get one of these things. And and this is what was really funny, guys. I was sitting there in a chair because, you know, after, after a while, I just got tired of standing. Sure. And people would walk up, and I was between a, a black Jeep for, it was actually uh, Andrea's from the Lone Star Jeep Invasion. She was sporting one for the, the four-door JK, uh, the gear spot for the four-door JKU. And I was, uh, on the other side was the uh, the Gladiator. And they said, oh, nice Jeep looking at the black one. And said, is that yours? I said, no, this is mine. Oh, oh, that's really nice. And uh, the Jeep talk show, blah, 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 blah. I talk about that from the big sticker. And then I'd say, oh, did you notice this? And the windows were down. It was, you know, there was light in there. Nobody would notice the gear spot because it's up so high that it you you just don't see it. And if you have a, a laptop or uh, an iPad or a tablet or something that, you know, you can't store someplace in a secure place, which would be the primary thing to do, you can at least get it out of view by getting it off the back seat or off the front seat and putting it up there in the gear spot. Uh, and the other cool thing about the gear spot was it has this netting that goes on the bottom of it. It's not the stretchy stuff, so it's not going to stretch out. And okay. you can just right there from the driver or passenger seat, just reach right back and stick stuff in that netting. Like uh, I think uh, Pete was telling me in the uh, the interview that you guys will hear in the future, uh, how he's got a friend that was uh, topless and doorless, and she stopped uh, at the mailbox to get her mail on the way home. And instead of having to worry about all well, the mail flying around, she just stuck it in the, the uh, under the gear spot in that netting. So needless to say, I was very impressed with this thing. You guys really should go look at it. Uh, if you need storage and you're cheap, which I'll, I'm starting to laugh which because we all everybody do. does. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's made in the USA. Uh, it's really nice. And uh, by the time you guys hear uh, the interview with Pete, you're going to go, yeah, I've heard all this stuff before, but you should still listen. <laughs> so I, I have a question on how it actually, uh, is it below the roll bars or it's up uh, above the even. roll bar kind of at the roof? No, it's even with the roll bars, uh, which would be, it kind of is up to the roof and down a little bit. Okay. So it doesn't take away from your rear view mirror looking out? Not at all. Back? Not at okay. all. Okay. Uh-uh. And that's that's, cool. that's in all vehicles. Of course, if you got a spare tire back there on the back, then that's going to be taken away from your rear view. Well, rear I know, but this. if you no, add something saying, above plus your rear tire, you already have limited visual. Yeah, yeah. So, but I mean, yeah. it, it doesn't even take it away from, from there. And actually, okay. for you guys, uh, for the host, I have a, a picture of it in a, uh, uh, looks like a, uh, I think that is, oh, that's a TJ that it's in. So, uh, and you can see that it's up, uh, there's quite a bit oh, of space between yes. the spare tire and, and this thing. And, yeah. you, and you really don't even notice it. And the cool thing, uh, and you guys can look at this in the show notes for episode 577. Uh, the, you see that little logo that's on the back there, Wendy? Uh-huh, that's I the, see it. That's the gear spot, and, and it's, it's actually says G-spot. So, <laughs> a little okay. cle- clever marketing there. Uh, yeah, so, you think. <laughs> but there's there's several little Velcro uh, uh, things on the back there, and then you can take uh, ta- um, um, not stickers. Uh, what do you call them? Uh, the patches and put on those Velcro, like a American oh. flag or oh yeah or something else. So you can actually like, uh, well, attention to detail there. I'll give them points for that. Yeah, like and, uh, tactical patches. I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, exactly. And also, too, um, they, there's three cubby holes in, in the back there. So there's three zippers, and then you have three sections. you got a, a left, a middle, and a right. 
So things aren't going to be sliding back and forth in there because it has uh, the uh, oh, the, the barriers separated. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Which so is let me so let me ask you this: Would like a basic first aid kit fit in there? A roll of toilet paper? I mean, things like that would absolutely. Fit? I mean, a, yeah. a change of clothing, uh, towels, cinder uh, block, you know, whatever. Uh, yeah, he, they just say you know not not a high lift jack or anything like that. And, no, I get and, that. And there's zippers at the end, so you can actually stick your hand in from the side. And get okay. in, you know, the left or the right uh, cubby. Of course, not the one in the middle. Now, I think it's the one, uh, they have a Mark, uh, a Gen 1 and a Gen 2. And, it, and you go to the site and you'll see which one fits what. But it's the, I think it's the Gen 1 actually has a zipper in those uh, baffles. So you can yeah, literally can stick a shotgun or rifle in this hey, thing. Hey. Oh, boy. Right on. And with the side, yeah, and with the side, yeah. uh, the side zipper, you, from the driver's or passenger side, you could reach in there and grab that thing and slide it out longwise through there. So it, it was really well made. I asked, I actually asked Pete, I said, how many of these did you do before you came up with this, this design? He said two or three. <laughs> so, really? Yes. Wow. It's, it's really well made. It's made in the United States, and I, I'm, I'm very impressed with it. I actually told Pete because he said, hey, if you come out – and uh, I'll put one of these in your Gladiator, and you can take it home with you as a, a thank you for coming out and, and uh, demonstrating the thing. And I said, well, I'd, I'd much rather just have it for the listener. By actually getting there and seeing him install it and, and have it in the Gladiator, I said, Pete, I lied to you. I'm keeping this. I'm keeping it. <laughs> keeping <Yeah>. it. <laughs> I knew it. Sorry, listeners. And, and then I offered to pay him for it, which, of course, he said no. But I, like I told him, yeah. I said, yeah, but it's only the right thing to do. Cause, yeah. Uh, but, uh, but anyway, uh, so uh, you guys may be seeing these. Uh, in the future as giveaways on the Jeep Talk Show. Sweet. Yeah, I'm going to check it out because we have a system that's on our door, our rear door, uh-huh. and I hate it. I absolutely hate it. It's falling off. It doesn't stay on. It doesn't. So I'm thinking I want to take that stuff that's in there and transfer it to something like this. So I'll be showing this to Bill. Here we go. Uh, Add more stuff to the Jeep. I think it's really nice. And I think, uh, Josh, uh, a few episodes ago, you actually reported on a storage system that goes on the roll bar in the back. Uh, yes, that, he did. Uh, that goes in there. It might have been for a JK or a JKU. Uh, and, the, of course, the problem with that one is it blocks your view. And this doesn't do that at all. I, yeah. I, I don't think it's as much storage as, you know, especially if you do both sides. But, right. But if you – do you remember if they came in pairs or you could buy them individually? Oh, I can't remember that. I knew you were going to ask me a hard question that was detailed like that. Yeah, well, if you, if you remember, remember, that's the, you don't, don't remember. That's fine. I was just thinking that you could actually, if you could get just one, then you could put one on the driver's side, and it wouldn't block your view because you don't need to, to look through. Yeah. I mean, the, for the dog and <laughs> which, right. which Pete mentioned, he goes, "Yeah, our dogs couldn't see outside. They're like, what the hell? I'm not staying home next time." <laughs> yeah. So great idea, thegearspot.com. Check it out, and again. Uh, look for uh, that uh, interview with Pete from the GearSpot uh, coming up in the uh, future episodes of the Jeep Talk Show. I got to give him points for the logo too. Really, <laughs> that's hilarious. It was a T-shirt really? as well. They got a T-shirt with the GeeSpot uh, and see, oh, of course, and see him, and seeing Pete with his hand up to his elbow in one of those things, reaching in the back of the thing is like, uh, Pete, have you found the G-Spot yet? <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> uh, Great it's all, logo. It was all part of the plan. Great logo. <laughs> Love it. 
Why did you become a paid subscriber to the Jeep Talk Show? I love the show. I've listened to you guys free for how many years now, and I figured I'd time to give back. You can be a paid subscriber and help support the show you love, the Jeep Talk Show. It'll just uh, help help the show out, and, and then in the end, it'll be Jeep Talk Show in my ear holes, you know? Just go to JeepTalkShow.com and look for the big yellow subscribe button. It'd be nice to give back to uh, so that you guys can continue on, because if they love the show, then why shouldn't you, why shouldn't you give back just a little? You know, Bob, uh, two cheap Jeep guys asked me the other day, um, would it be a problem if I got the the document, the PDF or whatever uh, of the, uh, the the Rat Bastard toe tags so he could print them himself? Oh. And, and I thought to myself, of course not. That's not a problem at all. Of course, I promptly forgot to send it to him. Sorry, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> Mental note. Check but, that one. But that's a great idea. And, you know, uh, instead of you having to go to the Jeep Talk Show and, and spend eight bucks and us having to ship these things out to you, uh, I have no problem if you have a printer. And even if you just wanted to print them in black and white, just, you simply want to get these things out there. Uh, you know, the, 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 we're not sending the, the little rats out or anything. There's just a link where you can buy those on Amazon. And you, frankly, you can come up with any way you want to to tear a, a that uh, rat to the, uh, the toe tag. So uh, if you're interested, uh, I think I will actually put the file up on the website so that you can download it. It'll probably be a PDF file. Uh, that That's I'll put a great up there. idea. And then yeah. you can download that, print that. Or, you know, it'll be in color. So if you want to take it over to Kinko's or you have a, a, a color printer, which I wouldn't do it with an inkjet, but if you have a yeah. color printer. <laughs> it's a good cardstock, you know, make it, make yeah. it nice. Yeah, and that's the other thing. Yeah. And that was one of the reasons why we were sending them out because my wife uh, did a lot of work uh, designing that and she wanted it to be nice uh, and the, the thick cardstock and everything else. But, uh, you know, that, that's silly. We need to, and, and I kicked myself. I was just talking about the Lone Star Jeep Invasion. Uh, Pete and uh, Stacy brought uh, ducks uh, with a little gear oh, spot tags they. on there. And I said, damn it, I didn't even think about bringing the, the rats and the, the oh. toe tags. Uh, to What? No, I didn't. I, I've remembered the chair, though. Did you though. at least bring some stickers? I mean, I, oh, yeah. 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 No, I, oh, this is oh. funny. Woo. I actually put, okay, uh, put the stickers on the winch and on the bumper. Just kind of laid them there, not all of them, but just like one or two or three, to see if anybody would come by and take one. You know, kind of look both ways and take one. And uh-huh. uh, yeah, several stickers were taken without anybody asking. Sometimes you don't want to ask, you know. You just, but you'd like to have the sticker. Who doesn't like stickers? Yes, but but every, at all those events, people go and collect stickers, so it's normal. They're going to ask yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's all good. From the mind of Nikki G. Hey, this is Nikki G, and I got to tell you. With the gas prices going up, it's nice to see that when I come home from work and shout out, hey, I've got gas, Wendy, my lovely wife, not the lovely co-host, although the lovely co-host could be my wife, my wife could be the lovely co-host, I'm not picky, when I exclaim, I've got gas, she seems very excited nowadays. (laughs) That's not why I'm calling. I'm going to tell you that my grandfather was a soldier in the First World War. He survived mustard gas attacks and pepper spray. I guess you can say he's a well-seasoned vet. (laughs) All right, boys and girls, I'll chat you later. You have a good one. Bye. (laughs) So, yeah. So, I don't know if you guys know this or not, but uh, Bob, two Jeep Jeep guys I was talking about, uh, his, uh, his wife is named Wendy as well. Oh, my goodness. That's yeah, unusual. A very popular uh, name. Apparently. 
Are you tired of all that noise from those other shows? I think you have to keep that rig at the moment. Now you can relax to the pleasing tones of the Jeep Talk Show every week. Unless you've got Dana 60s and 40s. Get the highest audio quality possible with each download. Now, you know, you can use them with them, with them super swampers. And if you're tired of all that other stuff. Uh, and a thing with a deck big old tires and a lot Then subscribe to the highest quality podcast on the web. The Jeep Talk Show. Available on iTunes, YouTube, Stitcher Radio, and more. You guys are getting to give me a beer. Jeep Talk Show. This is Chuck, uh, Chuck from Kansas. Now, now I, I was on the radio or, or listening to the radio the other day, and you guys were talking about tire size and lockers and all this, that, and the other. And let, me, let me set you straight right now. All right. Lockers? Yeah. Yeah. Both. All the time. Doesn't matter. I don't care. If you're sitting at the stop sign, you better have them things locked up, son. All right? Because you never know. Glory to God, you can come back and you don't have your lockers in. What are you going to do then? Now let me tell you about tire size, okay? Tire size. It is very important. You gotta run 37. Alright, let me tell you right now. You go to a, go to a gas station, go to a Walmart, okay? Them curbs, them are, them are three and a half inches tall. Now, uh, 33s might be able to go over them, but when you go to the mall, them curbs, where you're parking, them curbs are seven inches high. <laughs> let me tell you the difference right now. If you try to get over a seven inch high curb when you're going to the mall with your Jeep, and you got 33s, you ain't gonna make it, son. Alright? Now let me tell you, right now, you got 37. The disposition between a 37 inch tire and a dango 7 inch curb, you're gonna get over it, no problem. You're gonna go over there, go to the mall and get your, get your old lady, your little lady, excuse me, for the younger gals, your little lady, <laughs> you need to get her some lipstick, and you ain't got 37 inch tires, ain't gonna make it, son. Alright. So anytime you guys have any questions about what you need on your Jeep, you call Chuck from Kansas. All right, that's 5 1212 right, now, 5551212. You call Chuck from Kansas, I'm going to set you straight, son. You know the area code here. You know the area code in Kansas. We only got one county. It's not that dang all hard. 37, lock them up all the time. I got my windshield wipers locked up, son, because if you don't have your windshield wipers locked up, you don't have any damn clue what you're doing. Lock everything all the time. Just keep it in four high, all right? When you're driving down the road, keep it in four high. All right, boys. See you on the next show. Well, that was a lot like the promo I just played. <laughs> well, Dana 60s, 40s. <laughs> it's, it, and it's almost like we need a disclaimer. <laughs> By the way, this is just for fun. Don't and, actually do what we said here. And did he, did he say go to the mall and pick up some Bisquick? Because I didn't know they sold Bisquick at the lipstick, mall. Lipstick. Lipstick. Ah. Older slash younger chick, depending on your age. Gotcha. <laughs> Well, thanks for calling, Chuck, from Italy. I mean, uh, Kansas. Kansas. <laughs> <laughs> now, Mario would have been funny if he had said that. for that. Mario for that from one. Kansas. For yeah. Kansas, Chuck, yeah. Chuck from Italy. <laughs> Chuck's kicking himself. Oh, I should have done that. <laughs> oh. You must have needed this every day. Every day. I need it. It's the Deep Talk Show's must-have stuff. Pick of the week for your Jeep. You know, and the pick of the week for this week is uh, something that's been coming up in recent conversations lately, soft shackles. Uh, One of those things that's just an invaluable piece of recovery gear, and you need to have at least one, if not two or more, in your Jeep at all times. Kind of like having it locked up at all times. Thank you for that. Uh, (laughs) Chuck there calling us in. So uh, have your your shackles locked up, too, in your Jeep. Two of these things, one for the front, one for the rear, uh, one for each side, whatever you knew whatever you need, and uh, I picked uh, the Rhino USA shackles. Set up two soft shackles that come with a storage bag. They actually have a rated 
working load limit of over 14,000 pounds and a rated braking strength of over 44,000 pounds. Compare that to most of the competition, 38,000 braking strength that isn't actually rated. Now, these come in a high-vis green or a flat gray color option. Get a little something-something there for you. you choose your pick. Right. And each shackle comes with a built-in wear sleeve to ensure years of reliable use. The best part of this? Well, a pair of these and an entire sticker pack to come with them, plus the carry bag, less than 60 bucks. What, uh, what kind of sunblock do you put on these things to keep them from deteriorating? Yeah. <laughs> you keep them in the bag. <laughs> oh, you don't just hang them on the bumper like you do no, the D-rings? No, you don't. Oh, that's not fun. This no. is my so they, favorite, they, they would, favorite tool. They need more colors, too. You know? They would go missing faster than a, than a purple uh, D-ring, oh, actually. in a second, yeah. <laughs> no, this is uh, definitely one of my favorite tools. I, I always do it in my Newbie Nugget segments whenever I'm talking about gear to Kev on board. I absolutely swear by these. I love soft shackles. It makes it easy to manage, easy to find. And by the way, I recommend three on board, Josh, just from experience and having to do recovery. You need three nice. of them. Nice. Yeah. I see at least at least two. One will probably get you the job in in a in nope. a pinch. Uh, but but two, uh, you're gonna you're gonna need two. So uh, yeah, two two two's your minimum. Go for three. So there's so you got you got these things and you got a bumper, you know, and it has the the mount for the like the D ring. Does this? Would you re uh, take the D ring off and run it through the hole? It doesn't look like it would fit with that knot. It, no, it because you use the other end. It's yeah, really easy to operate this. Yeah, and the other thing too is if you've got sharp edges. So let's say that your connection point on the on the uh, bumper is rough edges. I'd right. probably put a metal D ring on there. Okay, that was going to so be my next question. If you would just yeah, run it so through it the D ring, but but then I would run this through the D ring. But normally you don't even need the D ring. You know, you you can use the D ring as your as your anchor point, or you can use a part on the Jeep as your anchor point. But that's why they're kind of wrapped, as you can see in the show notes, if you're looking at them. They have that little black material that's over it. It kind of uh -huh. helps to keep the fraying down, but we use ours but for all kinds of things. also can get in the way. I was just about to say that. They are, that, yes. Uh, those, those wear sleeves can actually bite you in the butt. So depending on, uh, extra, on your setup and some of the other gear you use, so if you have a recovery wheel... Uh, one of those things that you use, uh, some people find that these wear sleeves interfere with that. It doesn't go through the center of the donut as easily. Um, yeah. and, and so it kind of depends on what you're used to, what other kind of gear that you are running. These may not be the absolute best uh, solution for you because of the wear sleeves, because of the diameter of holes that you have in your bumper, things like that. So there's things that you'd, you'd probably want to check. You'd want to do some measuring. You want to do some double checking. And I would even consider going down to a local 4x4 shop and seeing if you can't try one of these things. If they've got a, a display model or something like that of, a, of really any kind of a soft shackle with a wear sleeve so that you can try it with your own gear and see if it's going to be compatible. And then you can go ahead and order something either through the retailer or even better yet, go to our website and, uh, and click the link that we'll have for this to where you can get your own. And there's also that sleeve is also not as long as the shackle. So that's what we are, the brand we use doesn't have that long extra sleeve on that. So I can put it through my end link on my winch. It's really small hole. I can also put it through just about anything. So you, you're yeah. right, Josh. They need to check it out and see what their equipment is and how they want to use them. But guys, just don't skimp on it. Get your highest rated uh, soft shackle you can and you will not be disappointed. They're awesome. Yeah, these definitely have a higher rating than a lot of the other shackles on the market out there. Uh, and the price is right, too. Are these the mm -hmm. best in the, in, in the world? Maybe, maybe not. Uh, they certainly have a better rating than a lot of the other competition out there. So be sure to check them out.
Now that you must have a pair of these Gator USA shop shackles to add to your own recovery kit, we're going to make it very easy for you, Jeeper. Just head over to our website, that's jeeptalkshow.com, and look for the link in the show notes for episode 577 to get your very own. Looky here, I just found me a soft shackle. Oh, I'm sorry, that's a mushroom. Hit the ground. (laughs) (laughs) You know, there probably will come a time where you'll find one of these things laying on the side of the trail every now and again. Oh, man. So commonplace that uh, everybody's got five or six of them in their rig, and they fall out every time somebody opens the door or something like that, you know. Uh, I'd be surprised if somebody hasn't found one on a trail side uh, by now. And digital cameras. (laughs) <laughs> I'm still puttered about that one. And, and phones. <laughs> now, years ago, I lost a, a digital camera out on the trail. It <gasps> bounced no. out of the Jeep in its bag or something. Or somebody might have gotten sticky fingers because it was sitting on the seat or something like that. I, I don't know. I honestly oh, don't know oh, what happened to it. But, uh, yeah, it was... Uh, uh, God, I love that camera, too, because it was really good off-road. But uh, I digress. Jeeper, this is the part of the show where we invite you, the listener, to become a part of the Jeep Talk Show recording, where you can actually pull your vehicle up alongside the campfire, grab a chair, grab a beverage, crack wise, as we go ahead and go around the campfire and talk with you, the listener, about a different topic each and every week. How can you join in? We'll let you know here in just a little bit. It's very easy. Uh, Don't worry. Even you can join in. For now, this week, we're going to be talking about some spare tires, and specifically, does the spare tire need to match the other four uh, wheels and tires on the rig? Now, this would go for both the wheel and the tire. Do they need to match? Do they not? Why or why not? So, we're going to go around the campfire and ask that that question right now. First up on the list, we're going to hit Garrett. Garrett, uh, why don't you talk to us about a spare tire? Does it need to match or not? Um, I would say no, because technically... It just needs to get you off the trail and then to a shop so you can get a new tire for it. Uh, I have a spare and my wheel matches, but tire doesn't. It's just a used 35. It's the same size. That's mm-hmm. all. And see, I would, I would kind of uh, side with you on that one. The wheel, I think it kind of needs to match just for aesthetics. Does it absolutely have to for performance reasons? Absolutely not. You probably want to make sure that it's going to clear your caliper, has the right backspacing, you know, all that kind of stuff. But as far as the tire goes, dude, as long as it's roughly the same diameter uh, and not too grossly off, and obviously you don't want to have a 33-inch spare tire if you're running 35s, that's probably just not going to work out, especially if you've got any kind of a traction device going on. Talking to you guys with the lunchbox lockers out there. Randy is next up. Randy, uh, let's talk about spare tires. Uh, does the wheel and tire need to match the rest of the other four that's on the Jeep? Why or why not? Uh, for me... Definitely because of my OCD, I couldn't <laughs> handle uh, looking at a different tire on the back as tires on the side. But um, I do have a lunchbox locker in the front, so any kind of diameter change would be a issue. Yes, it would. Bad spacing. So, um, but you know, a lot of people ride without spare tires at all. So, who am I to, you know, say whatever? Well, and there's something to be said about that. Something is better than nothing at all, right? I mean, if you gash your sidewall open, uh, there's really you're gonna be hard pressed to repair that out on the trail. Uh, and you're gonna need something to to uh, to fix that up with or replace it. Uh, and, and so, you know, having a spare of any kind is better than calling for a tow, I suppose. But if it's uh, at the risk of grenading your differential, probably not a wise choice. Uh, we're gonna head over to uh, Bill A. Bill. 
Uh, why don't you tell us why or why not the spare needs to match? Um, I would like it to match just because, you know, if I'm on a trip out there, usually I'm doing a multi-day trip. I don't want to be, you know, if I put the spare on, I don't want to be having to worry about looking for a tire shop and, and trying to fix that. So I would prefer to have something that I can put on that matches my other three tires and I can continue enjoying my trip and then deal with the, uh, you know, the bad tire, you know, afterwards. Not a good, not, not, not a good, not a bad plan is what I was going to say. Uh, it sounds like you've thought things out pretty well. Any experience in this bill? Have you, have you been in a situation where you needed a spare and didn't have it or you had a spare and it wasn't the right one or something? Uh, fortunately, no, but I'm sure now, you know, now that I've jinxed you. Yeah. (laughs) How about Chris with seven slats.com? Be sure to go check that out. Seven slats.com. Chris, why or why not? Does the spare need to match the other four? It doesn't for all intents and purposes. And I just remember my, uh, it wasn't an 89 YJ Travis. It was a 1990 YJ. I had my first Jeep came with a space saver spare on the back. Oh my goodness. I even remember, uh, CJ sevens coming with space saver spares in the back. So it, it doesn't uh, on the street for sure. It, it just, it's gotta be a spare. And I quite candidly, I'm still surprised. I'm, I'm glad that the JK and the JLs come with a full size wheel matching spare with all the cost reductions, cost cutting. I'm surprised they, that they do to this day, which is a good thing. And I, because I do agree. I think Garrett mentioned it. A five tire rotation is definitely the way to go. I think there would be a warranty uh, issue if they uh, did that, if they did a space saver with a Rubicon, because somebody puts on uh, oh, the, the space saver tire and then hits that locker. Oh, my goodness. I, I don't, I, th- I would think the Rubicon at the very least would be one that would be the exception to that rule. Yeah, yeah, you would hope. Yeah. Going circles. <laughs> like, like the duck with one leg longer than the other. Yeah. <laughs> Too funny. All right, John, you've been uh, brought up in this episode. Got some high praise from a listener. You clearly paid them to uh, to uh, uh, talk you up pretty well. Uh, no, I'm I'm just kidding. But uh, John, seriously, where would you fall on this topic? Does, does the spare need to match? Yes or no? Absolutely, without a doubt. I think I've I've heard uh, about the, the five tire rotation is there, but you know when when you talk about what do you use a Jeep for? You wheeling, all that kind of stuff is 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 what we do all the time on them, but I like the way mine looks, right? I mean, when you park it and you get out and you're walking in the store, you turn around and you look at it again, you know, you bought the right vehicle. And yeah. part of that goes with the whole package. And to me, having the spare on there that matches and all that stuff, that's that's part of that. So, yeah, I would definitely say it has to match. You know, you bring up a, a, a point that I hadn't really thought of before, and that's pride in ownership. And, and that's exactly, you know, one of those things you, you're walking into the store – and you turn around and look, yeah, that's my Jeep. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you're proud of you're proud of that Jeep sitting in the parking lot. You're proud of how it looks and everything like that. And if you've got you know a three quarter bald all terrain uh, sitting on you know on on aluminum rim and you got steels everywhere else and then mud terrains and everything, it just doesn't quite match. It looks kind of like an ugly ducking hanging off the back of the Jeep. It's not you know it doesn't quite have that pride factor. It doesn't have that cool factor. It doesn't have the looks and and, and I, there's definitely something to be said about a Jeep that's got a, a matching set of five. Uh, moving over to Keith here. Keith, what about you? Where do you fall on this topic? Does the spare need to match or no? You know, that's the question. The question I have, I have a 78-mile round-trip commute, and I have a brand-new one. I thought it was being changed out, rotated in at the dealership. 
that, that was another another conversation. But anyway, I got a brand new tire on the back and like 25,000 miles on my other four. Can I put this one on? Now, can I put that fifth wheel on now or is it too late? Depends on the wear. I yeah, was going to say, exactly. you, you well, want to go to a tire shop. It's about a quarter of an inch wear on my other four tires. That's a brand new one on the back. It sticks out like a, a sore thumb now if I take the cover off. Uh, the good news is when you go to buy new tires, you only need to buy three. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> uh, uh, or four, uh, really. You know, so, yeah, I mean, depending on, uh, uh, really, I would actually go to a tire shop and have them take a tread wear gauge yeah, and, and measure the tires. And it's going to be measured in 30 seconds of an inch. And, and find out, really get an idea of where you're at as far as um, a, a overall tire wear. Now, you could break this into percentages. Okay, it's got 50% wear, it's got 25% wear, you know, all that sort of thing. Depending on how your, how your Jeep is set up and what you do with it, um, and especially considering uh, your, any kind of traction devices you have in the, in the differentials. If you have any kind of a locker system in there, this is probably going to be one of those situations where well, it's going to be a little bit too late um, because if you are yeah. in a situation where you need to engage that locker uh, and you have one tire that is 25-35% or more larger than the other one that's on that same axle, you're going to have some right. issues with that differential um, and you may end up with some severe damage. So to err on the side of caution. Um, I would A, get some uh, professional opinion from a, a tire shop who can actually measure those tires with the tire gauge and let you know just how close or how far away you are from, um, from that, that, that spare. Um, but like Tony said, uh, to be honest, maybe just leave it back there. Uh, it sounds like you're about halfway there to a set of new tires anyways, considering yep. most Jeep tires get about 50,000 and that's kind of, that's on the high end. You may be three quarters of the way there to a new set of tires anyways. So, and at that point, well, now you've got four new tires that you put on there. The fifth is brand spanking new. Get that into rotation. Uh, do a five tire rotation, you know, every couple months or something like that uh, or less. And, and you'll be uh, you'll be ahead of the game at, by that point. Now, I'll tell you this. The last time I took my uh, Gladiator in for an oil change, uh, that one of the things that they do is rotate the tires. And I just got the Nexans uh, when I took it in for the oil change. So I told them they could skip that, but for the 10,000-mile oil change, uh, they're mm. going to be rotating the tires, and yeah, they'll be yeah, rotating sure. in the, the spare tires. So, um, well, I don't know if they will or not, because that's... Uh, well, they better. Well, <laughs> they should. It's not, on the same, it's not on the same wheel. It's a different type of wheel, and I don't think they're going to unmount Oh, uh, no, so you'd tire. have to pay for the mount and the dismount, right. uh, so you'd be into it probably 40 bucks at most for them to, uh, to swap it out for you. But at that point, you're not going to run into the same kind of situation that Keith is. Right. So, and the only other thing I'll tell you, and you guys correct me if I'm wrong on this, if you put it in four-wheel drive, you won't, and you don't have any lockers or any, uh, um, uh, what do you call it, the, the part-time lockers? What do you call the... Um, like a lunchbox locker? Any no, kind of no, the ones that come... Slip. Limited slip. Yeah, if you, have a limit, if, you, if you don't have a limited slip, if you're open, open. I, I still think you would have a problem with a different tire size if uh, the, the front and the rear tire, the, the larger rear tire, is getting traction, and then the front uh, tire is getting traction, you're still going to have a type, a type of a locked situation there with different uh, diameter tires. So it could even be bad. Uh, I don't think it would be horrible, but I think it could be bad even doing it with uh, just uh, going into four-wheel drive. 
Yeah, you're talking about the transfer case uh, yeah. binding up a little bit because then the front is is biased from the rear or vice versa, depending on where the full size tire is in, in the mat in it, the mix. It probably wouldn't be horrible, but I could see it might cause a problem depending on what you're doing and how far you're doing it. It, yeah, exactly. It really depends on what kind of terrain you're on. If you're in the mud, it's very wet. Uh, there's yeah, plenty of yeah. uh, of uh, opportunity for the tire to slip a little bit. Then, then not as big of an issue. But if you forget and you get onto dry pavement, or it's hard pack, or, or something turn, like that, especially if uh, you're turning, yeah, or or even just you know hard pack dirt, dry dirt. Uh, there'll be enough uh, traction there to where it could potentially pose an issue. And again. Time plays a, or distance, I should say, plays a big por portion of that. You know, driving a uh, hundred yards probably not a big deal. Uh, you know, driving a few miles, that's uh, probably a different story. Yeah, a quarter inch, I wouldn't do it. Thank you. Let's hear from Larry, Jeep and Mo. Larry, uh, does the spare need to match on your rig or not? Well, I don't think it, it has to match. Although I don't think I could do it just personally. I think my OCDs <laughs> would, would just drive me nuts. You're but in good it's one of those it's one of those things though if if you're on the road you could change it and i don't think it cause you much trouble if the tire is very much different in size but you've got the four wheel engaged you definitely want those tires if you got to wheel it out you definitely want a tire that's pretty close to size so you ain't messing up that drivetrain especially if it's locked yes sir now good point yeah it, that, that is one thing if you have open differentials even not uh, unless you're unless you're running a spool, those are active. Uh, anytime the uh, axle's under power, uh, they tend to overrun each other in the corners. You know things like that. Um, but if you're open, open, uh, you don't have any kind of a differential, limited slip, anything like that in either one of the differentials. Go ahead and bring it in. Uh, at that point, there's really no harm, no foul because uh, you're only basically have one wheel that's spinning anyways at any given time. As far as that's it's under just power, in, it's just in for the ride. It's just in for the ride, exactly. And so if you can put some miles on that uh, before your next wheeling trip or the, between the next time you have to engage four-wheel drive, well, then there might be a chance that you get some wear uh, down on that and, uh, and you'll be good to go. Uh, and if you're going to do this, uh, I'm talking to, to Keith again here, Keith, uh, uh, I'd put it on the front. The front would uh, tend to wear faster than the rear, uh, and yeah. so you'd have a chance for that tire to uh, catch up to the rest, if you will. Yeah, very true. Well, we're going to put a pin in this topic for now. This might be one we're going to have to revisit again around the campfire sometime soon. I want to give a big shout out to all of the uh, people around the campfire tonight. Bill, Chris, John, Keith, Larry, Travis, and Katie as well. Uh, Backroad Exploration, sorry we didn't get to you. And uh, Bob, Garrett, Isaac, and of course, Randy as well. Uh, great topic, great conversation, guys. Really appreciate you being around the campfire tonight. Uh, and uh, if you listening to this right now would like to be a part of the very next Jeep Talk Show's campfire side chat, you can do that. And the best way to join in on the fun would be to, uh, well, sign up for our newsletter. Uh, a ton of great information is uh, in the newsletter. We send you each and every week. One email a week, it's all you get. We're not going to sell your information or spam you, nothing like that. It's just as easy to unsubscribe as it is to subscribe. And you can also find in information on how to join in on the Campfire Side Chat through our Facebook page as well. Make sure you friended us there. Well, that's it for the show for this week, fellow Jeeper. Until next week, be sure to call in and leave a voicemail. You need the number? It's on our website. And as always, thank you for listening to the world's most downloaded Jeep podcast. All right, we need more public shaming. Remember that slogan, <laughs> see something, do something? Well, it's beyond time to act. If you see someone being stupid, stop. Stop what you're doing and point it out. Shame that person for their stupidity. 
Blame the person for their obliviousness. Insult the idiots. Use your horn. Use your friend's horn if they're driving. Use your finger. Use your voice like I do. Use something to shame the retarded who should know better. And maybe, just maybe, if there's enough public shaming of the idiots in this world, they may finally decide to take themselves out of the gene pool and we can get back to normal. This message was paid for by the friends of people who shame idiots. <laughs> Please send your cards and letters to Chuck of Italy. <laughs> yes. Podcasting since 2010.